Welcome to the India Forum Conversations. Uh, today with us, we have Aditi Priya, who had written for us an essay in 2019 about what she calls Bahujan economics and about the experiences of Bahujan and other marginalized students in the academy environment in India, especially in the field of economics. Uh, I think Aditi's work is especially relevant to us today when we have a lockdown and an increase in the amount of um, offline learning, which has particularly affected students from marginalized backgrounds. Uh, it is with this idea that we have Aditi Priya today to discuss with us uh, her own work on Bahujan economics, as well as the ways in which Indian academia is structurally designed in a way that keeps out marginalized students. Welcome to the podcast, Aditi. Um, thank you. Thank you, Terry. I'll start by uh, discussing and asking you about uh, the lockdown itself. Uh, as we know from a lot of reportage and also from personal anecdotal evidence that many of us have heard, uh, the lockdown has been especially hard on students who come from marginalized backgrounds who have lack of access of things like electricity and um, internet, but also things like, say, uh, um, the very uh, a space to sit and work, which many of us take for granted when we think about on offline learning. Uh, could you, uh, and this I think ties in with your essay that you wrote for us about the fact that academia in India is largely constructed with the idea of an upper caste, upper class student as the normative and you know seems to neglect the needs of uh, marginalized students. Could you tell us a little more about how this works and with your own experience of both as a student and now as a mentor to many of these students, could you, is, can, can we start with discussing this what the lockdown has meant for the already problematic spaces that academics has in India. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for the question. Uh, I think before we, uh, before I move to answer the question, I would like to uh, oversimplify this fact that we can divide students into say three categories. Um, the first one is the, the privileged one, upper caste, upper class students with access to all sorts of resources. Mm -hmm. And the second one being um, first generation learner who have just got access to education, be it in the form of um, um, government school or, or private school in their area. Mm -hmm. And the third one is uh, the one that nobody is concerned about. And those students, they were unaffected by uh, they weren't they weren't receiving quality education before pandemic or during pandemic and this is very sadly going to be remain the same for them even now right. so um, uh, so pandemic um, it I think the for the first type of student this came as an opportunity because they got to stay at home uh, make use of internet resources to improve their understanding improve their skills and and I, I don't think I'll be wrong in saying that this actually helped them uh, uh, exploit the resources which were not available to the other two types. Uh, I, and, and, uh, and the second type, I think those were the worst hit because the third type were anyway uh, always out of conversation and, and 
they're never part of this uh, this circle. So the worst hit of this was the second type of students who are first generation marginalized students because uh, along with facing so much financial issues at home or their parents losing job or their relatives uh, facing problems, they were supposed to keep up with the structure which is which was already so excluding pre-pandemic and which worsened during the pandemic. Um, so, so, so the main difference that we're talking about here is again first and the second time because because if somehow the third type moves to second category, uh, that there is a possibility that second and third category students might merge, but the the possibility of merging the differences between first and the second type is is does not seem to be happening anytime uh, soon. Yeah. So, so when 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 so I will talking about largely uh, for the student who are first generation learner who just got access to uh, education. For them, this um, the this this is going to this might have taken them so many years back because, uh, for example, um, suppose a Dalit woman from uh, a village she finally got into a decent college and she was trying to uh, somehow study there and then it turned out that she has to go back and then she has to needs to have access to uh, laptop and internet to be able to catch up whereas her, her classmate is, was uh, at Delhi and then they were getting education as usual. So the gap which was already there has widened and but later on when they reach the campus and they will be again forced to uh, behave as if they are a homogeneous category that students uh, in the classroom, they they all have same experience and they, was, they are supposed to um, perform perform similarly on the uh, already rigid parameters. So this is going to have a very, uh, very bad effect on students from first and second generation from marginalized communities. And this becomes worse given that the structure that we already have, like you also mentioned while asking the question that the structure already is is designed in a way that it rewards privilege it it it's not about how much time you're spending in studying but it's all about how much access you have to these resources so uh, so i am just a little worried about uh, the problems that they face now that is there that we know of but the consequences of it that is going to be in the future that is something which which worries me uh, the most right yeah. so you know, this is actually quite interesting because what you have pointed out here is that the pandemic isn't something that suddenly hit things and made things bad. It is that it only exposed the larger issues that are in the academic system itself, like, and which something is something that you have written in the essay that you wrote for us some time ago. Uh, could you tell us a little more about what are the structural problems in the uh, Indian academic system, which you, as I mentioned, you've written it about it already, and you've sort of hinted it in your in, in your earlier answer. But could you lay it out slightly more about what are the structural impediments that students face in higher education institutes, which many of us of privilege take for granted? Right. Um, so uh, uh, before before again, sorry, I answer the question. I would like to also make it very clear that the problems that uh, higher education these days are facing uh, is in the two forms. First is from lack of funding from government and uh, public public uh, schools, public universities are facing a huge problem because of the government policies, but. Apart from that, uh, that is something which is not in our control. But when you talk about institution, the role of academicians, uh, uh, researcher and professors becomes very important. And that is that is something which hasn't been questioned enough because all of us, uh, un, uh, 
we come together and we question that government should be increasing the money the funding and uh, and uh, giving more uh, more importance to public education but the second the second bit the academicians the institution i think that is where uh, most of these exclusion is happening because suppose your suppose uh, bahujan student is able to get into university through reservation mm-hmm. and it stops right there um, that is something we we i entered the college because i got the reservation and after that there is no acknowledgement of the fact that i came from a different experience or my my uh, the hardship that i went through is can is very likely to affect my uh, performance in the parameters which is set by uh, by the uh, privileged uh, professors or or students together so uh, so the the problem here like uh, i've said earlier also that uh, it's the most stated argument by everybody is that they want to follow a standard academic protocol um and there there these are couple of terms that i would like to repeat St- structural pro- problem standard academic protocol and international curriculum and we keep hearing these these reasoning again and again um without understanding what exactly are they saying saying because if you're talking about structural problem how are you how are you so uh so sure that you don't want to uh, do away with the rigid uh, academic protocol that you have because that is how you are going to acknowledge the fact that there is a structural problem so when you enter uh, college when you enter university spaces you are there's only one thing that you're supposed to focus on that is that is passing and failing um and even if suppose you are able to take care of that that is not enough for uh, them to let uh, to let you have uh, a better chance at getting into job or uh, uh, or or becoming an economist because uh the academia is such a close circle academia in general is for privilege but i have said this elsewhere also that academia is for privilege but economics is only for upper caste men um that is how this is designed in india at least uh so so if you are able to score well um then well and good uh, but if but but if you're not able to score well you're somehow passing that is doing nothing for your future in fact if you come from a good university with not so good marks that is going to reflect even poorly uh, when you're trying to apply anywhere so mm-hmm. these these are the small small steps which uh, small small uh, barriers which has been put through uh, the existing academic structure which which when we look at uh, the, these uh, barriers individually does not look so serious but it becomes more serious serious when you try to look at the implication that it has on um, lives of students um sorry did i uh, did i answer the question no, that, that, was, that was good that, that yeah that that's something that i was looking for and i'd also like to just follow that up with uh, a question on so you have your own experiences of being in um in school and now you're mentoring a lot of students both there and elsewhere through the project uh, the bowjan economics project which we'll talk about in a minute uh could you give us a few examples from both your ex- experience and that of that of the, stu- the the students that you're mentoring about which which will give us an idea about what exactly are these uh things so maybe from uh, an, a few anecdotes might be useful for mm-hmm. listeners to understand what exactly is happening that uh, you know many of us may not like they even think of as problems but are very real problems for the lives of marginalized students right um so uh, i this is this is uh, very much derived from my personal experience but i've also observed this around mm-hmm. uh, so for example in undergrad that is that is when you just enter uh, these spaces after after school experience and it turns out that 
all the professors that they care about are students who are good scorer or who know how to talk who have really good english and i feel to understand that how that qualifies as somebody having good ideas or somebody who is going to be contributing uh, more in the field and um from my experience at least i know that the the favorite students that teachers had i, I don't see them anywhere making contributions now, now uh so so this this identification this stagnancy at which uh, the professors uh, of indian institute art are causing more harm to uh, the discipline at large than us because uh, they have been i mean we have been going through these experience for a very long time but the academia was in their control the institutions were in their control but they they seem to be not doing so good with something which was completely under their control mm-hmm. um and and so this this was my observation at undergrad level that uh, only thing that that guarantees that you you'll become teacher's favorite is how much uh, score you are getting or how good your english is but when you go to masters you expect that okay now is the time to learn more uh, because it it's exactly where uh, you are uh, exposed to the discipline you are exposed to what what you're going to do if you're planning to uh, get admission in phd or become an academician but there again this the approach is same again you end up uh, deciding between passing and failing or 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 which people to go for and uh, sorry the the second point is i mean the optional paper because that becomes very important when you are when you want to when you signal to people that you're interested in uh, these things and and so the system which is set is is only about um, Uh, about how much how much you are scoring and and i keep repeating these things again and again because that is not helpful for anyone mm-hmm. um i i i don't know how you are expecting somebody for example those who did not have access to laptop now uh, competing with somebody who had laptop good internet connection um and and uh, they were parallelly doing some some other classes how do you expect them to perform equally well at something which is which is completely which may not be so um i mean which is completely set by somebody who has no idea what experiences and hardship that other students go go through mm-hmm. uh so i i'm not able to give you exact anecdote because uh, i don't think i'm super comfortable with that right now but uh, just these are the observation that i have that in the forms in which uh, the existing structure the the way practices Uh, the thing the academy is practiced in uh, institution are affecting not just lives of uh, marginalized student but also the discipline at large because you you like i said earlier also we have been going through this all this while this is only now that we have access to institutions but uh, those who had access to they are the their stagnancy is causing so much harm to not just individuals but at policy level at discipline level that uh, it is it is going to make them look bad in future uh, more than what what it is right now no that that's actually a very important point and i'm reminded of what lohia once wrote about english that uh, in india it's slightly controversial remark of course that you know lohia once said that uh, you know indian scholars don't perform as well as global scholars because in india everybody is more concerned about improving their english rather than improving their thought process itself and in some ways what you're saying is also very very much uh, an echo of that statement and uh, if i remember your essay that you wrote for the india forum also had mentioned the fact that a lot of what economics should be doing is based on a certain idea of uh, a, a certain idea of what global economics should do rather than building these yeah. based on what you know the people of india might be need, and, and that to especially the marginalized people might be needing and 
you also uh, and in this context i'd like to also pick up one of the points that you raised that it is you know not that everybody who comes to the academia and continues to be in academia are have the same kind of resources as you mentioned people in in with the lockdown not everybody has a laptop and many of us might be uh, using or you know sharing a mobile phone to access lectures and other things which makes it very difficult for everyone uh in this context i'd like to ask you a bit about your own work the bahujan economics work that you're doing which is trying to mentor students can you talk a bit about that and um, tell us about how that is helping uh, students you know bridge this gap in some way uh, right um yeah so this uh, we started this platform um, it wasn't a very ambitious one we just wanted to reach out to students who have had similar experience in economics because uh, at least i when i was struggling i got help from uh, people uh, which was super helpful and then i thought why not just try to share whatever resource i have with somebody like me and it turned out that as soon as the form was out i received so many responses along with their anecdotes sharing their experiences so then slowly we started working together and right now we are more more focusing on uh, equipping them with uh, with uh, tools which are which are helpful to even enter the uh, internship or or um, not employment but even at rship level internship level you uh, you will not see a lot of urban students uh, working as ra in these in these institutions or Uh, it's very difficult for us to also get an RA job because we do not know a lot of these things which are already known to other students. For example, um, uh, programming languages, um, how to write a CV, cover letter writing. So these small, small details becomes filtering mechanism for uh, these existing uh, organizations. So that is what we are targeting right now to at least uh, get away, get away, do away with the barriers which is stopping them right at the initiation. and then slowly we are working together uh, towards an idea where we we work on research topic we 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 add our perspective to uh, things which matter for example uh, suppose suppose uh, we are talking about gdp so everybody is talking about gdp but how are, how is the bahujan student looking at gdp and how how are we looking at the health expenditure obviously there is one truth which is there that the expenditure in health and education should be increased but uh, how is it actually affecting people on ground or what are the implementation issues so we are we are looking to target all of those things but initially uh, not to not to get lost into our uh, dreaming too much we we are targeting small small steps which will help them enter and the uh, like i said earlier also this uh, economics in india at least is is reserved for upper caste men and i think uh, yeah. it looks to me right now that if you want to be a, a economist in india you have to behave like middle aged upper caste men uh, so <laughs> i am moving that way jerry <laughs> so um, so we are just trying to uh, create a platform where this is not the necessity and and our ideas will be also appreciated uh, which i can see happening uh, slowly and it's 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 very good to see uh, so many students you i I'm sorry. I'm just getting a little hap- too happy right now because we had a couple of sessions recently, and uh, you'll be surprised when you see the students sharing their ideas, the way they they interact with each other. They're trying to have happy session, happy hours with each other to share their experiences, and it turns out that this was missing for so long that everybody is very happy, feeling like a family, and then 
so yeah so this is mostly uh, what we are doing right now and uh, yeah 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 this is fascinating it's also creating a sense of community and of for so that students can actually look up to people who are successful and therefore like can have confidence yeah. that you know you can also do something there is a support group so it's actually a very fascinating uh, uh, project that you're doing and i'm i'm, I'm really glad that th- these sort of things exist and they're hopefully changing the uh, landscape of economics and you know making it less of a old old um, upper caste man um, domain so could you um, how many people do you have on the network uh, is it um, you know both as mentors as well as mentees in this how big is it um so there is uh, we keep receiving uh, request every day so we do not have exact number right now but um i think uh, the network is growing at least uh, in the form of members so we would i i don't think it will be wrong to say that we have about 500 members now um and and um and if we have a lot of people who are willing to uh, provide support so uh, so i and i don't know i don't know how many um, are there because every day uh, we are receiving requests so but yeah yeah so it it's increasing day by day and we have to think of ways to make sure that with more people we are able to uh, use this platform efficiently right. but um, yeah yeah what has been the response of the establishment so to say about the kind of critique that you have had have they been responsive to this have they been you know hostile to it or have they been at least like you know try to neglect that such a problem exists what has what has your experience been about that um i think until now the third uh, <laughs> reaction that right? completely ignoring the fact that something like this is happening uh-huh. uh followed by uh, getting angry at us for uh, uh, talking about something which does not exist according to them uh, but but having said that uh, we are also receiving lots of support from some really good uh, faculty members and and researcher so so i think all these three is happening and dominantly uh, we there is complete uh, they they refuse to acknowledge the fact that there is something called caste discrimination or mm-hmm. uh, the curriculum itself is excluding students so so this is one of the major barriers that we are facing but uh, at individual level at professor level we are receiving support from so many people that that it's it's overwhelming yeah and you know we uh, at an institution level what do you think that universities and higher education um, you know institutes can do to encourage and to in a sense make it a, a safer space and a more conducive environment for uh, marginalized students what what do you think like from your experience what if you had to offer suggestions about what can be done what what would that be mm-hmm. yeah um that is something that we are still exploring because we do not have any uh, ready recipe to make the make classroom or or this discipline more inclusive but uh, for one thing that i keep on saying is that first step is acknowledgement and then then only you will uh, this will lead to representation because right now uh, all of this conversation seems to be lost in the fact that one can use the fact marginalization or dub, double marginalization and just get done with this like that oh you are you you are a telephone man or oh, probably you have 
uh, doubly oppressed because you're women and dalit but how how does that play out how uh, and how and more more important than that the privilege that other students have how does that translate into power in in and the, the layers in which this translate that mm-hmm. is more important for us to look at and that will only happen when you when the institution first acknowledge the fact that after after admitting students to reservation their responsibility does not stop because i keep wondering about the fact that had it not been for reservation uh, what they would have done mm-hmm. um, i don't think anybody would have made the, given the given the behavior that is that is uh, observed right now i don't think if it uh, we didn't have reservation nobody would have bothered to make sure that a uh, student from non uh, non brahmin non upper caste background enter these spaces so that is where one has to start that uh, there is a there, there is a uh, caste bias whether you accept it or not in the in the classroom that you have the practices that you have and then after acknowledgement one has to think about ways of making uh, improving the representation because you see i don't have so much resources when i started the group of an economist um, it was only like a, a whatever resources i had i'll share it with uh, my peers but so if if something like that is able to be uh, i was able to do without uh, without so much of social capital and resources i think this this could act as a example for uh, institution or or those who are willing to have more inclusive classroom to at least uh, at least think of ways to uh, make it more more inclusive rather than judging student based on their score or english or or at least accept the fact that the the research ideas that some students will have is going to be different from what they what they have i mean uh, i have said this earlier also that suppose uh, other little women who knows that uh, the life expectancy is 14 years uh, lower for the little women compared to other women uh, if she is into uh, say health economics her her uh, priority her uh, hypothesis is going to be different from what we what we have right now so these are just examples that first of all acknowledgement uh, and then steps to improve the uh, the representation and and initiatives from their level because institution and professor seems to be doing nothing to make sure that uh, the fail rate are fail 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 rate is reduced in their institution or uh, students who do not speak super good english are also included in conversation so yeah at the end of the day it, it has to be done at institutional level because we don't want uh, charity in the name of uh, voluntary services uh, and that all of that again comes down to the fact that if one refuses to accept the fact that a lot of this is happening because of caste discrimination or caste supremacy then nothing is possible that is i think a very uh, thoughtful and a very well stated argument aditi yeah. thank you very much this is i think been very useful and it's been a learning experience for me also this conversation with you uh, right now and in the run up to this in to this podcast uh, and i hope that everybody who's listening this can take uh, stock of what their privilege is and you know what makes them access certain modes of learning and uh, reading which others unfortunately can't so thank you very much aditi and I hope that um, you know your your project on Bajaj economics takes root and it flourishes quite a bit. Thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much.